Enterprise. Welcome to Footnotes, a behind-the-scenes look at what we value and why it matters here at Foothill Church in Glendora, California. I'm your host, Ethan Bailey. Um, Erica is off at her motherland of Argentina, um, but today I'm actually going to take a break. I'm handing the mic off to Pastor Chris, and he's going to be joined with two local pastors as they uh, sit down and discuss what is it like doing ministry here in Glendora. Um, it's awesome because they're going to talk about um, the, the joys of serving, the challenges, and the hopes for uh, Glendora. So listen in, hear what they have to say. All right. Well, this is fun. Uh, I get to host today, and um, I am joined by two of my friends from Glendora, pastors, uh, pastor friends of mine that I've known for a number of years. Uh, to my right, Bruce French from Cornerstone. Uh, Bruce has been at Cornerstone, what'd you say today? 20? No, t- I mean, on, on, as a senior pastor. Uh, senior pastor in April will be 21 years. 21 years, but you've been at Cornerstone since? 79. Okay, but put us all to, except maybe you'll put us to shame here. Because David <laughs> Anderson Dave is- Before David was born. Yeah, 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 that's all that, yeah. <laughs> David Anderson uh, has is pastor of Church of the Open Door, historic church here in the LA area. Mm-hmm. And um, and you have been lead pastor there. Do, what do you call it? Lead pastor, senior yes. pastor? Lead yeah, pastor lead for, pastor for almost seven years. And But you've been in the church since- Fifth grade, Fifth 1984. Grade. 1984. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's pretty awesome. I was just, we were just talking this morning about how it, it's, it's really great to, to even look around our community at the local pastors and realize that mm-hmm. there's so many of you guys that have not just, for like you two, like you haven't just been pastoring, you've been, you've been part of that church for mm-hmm. as long as you have. And I think that's such a wonderful. Uh, testimony to that. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, let, let's start. Let's start kind of with some historical stuff, I guess. Like, how, how did you? How did you? How did you get to pastor? And how did you get to the area? Let's start with you, Dave. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, I think it was right around high school that I started sensing a call to ministry. Mm-hmm had a great deal of insecurity and fear. I was very curious how God would use me because I was terrified of public speaking. Mm. Hmm. I I remember during oral reports begging God for an earthquake, you know, (laughs) growing up in Southern California. So the idea of, of preaching and leading in front of people was pretty terrifying. So went through a long process in that, that God took me through and allowed a lot of folks, men and women, to invest and disciple me and yeah. grew up in a wonderful community. Yeah. And what a privilege it is to to lead that church, you know, many of them who saw me grow up in that church. So mm. it's been a blessing and a journey. Have they been at that location in Glendora since you were there? How, how, yeah. When did they move there? Yeah, so they moved 1984-85 from downtown okay, L.A. They're yeah. 70 years on Hope Street. Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah. What a what a legacy that church. We started Biola, started yes. Union Rescue Mission. Yes. I mean, all this kind of... I have yeah. an uncle who actually remembers being on whatever that, like one side of the building was Biola or something yes. like that. Yes, yeah. And he remembers dorming down there and yeah. being part of that. Oh, he was church. on campus He was, there. absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep, he yeah. went, to, went to Biola. What is it? Biblical Institute of Bible. LA. Is that what the Bible, Bible Institute, Institute of LA? LA. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so that's cool. That's great. Yeah. And you're married. 
Yeah, married 23 years, five kids. Wow. The the last pregnancy was a doozy, and we didn't know what it was, and we found out we had triplets. and <laughs> So the triplets uh, turned 15 Whoa. on Wednesday, wow. February 22nd. Five kids so, with three pregnancies. That's, yeah. That's pretty yeah. amazing. And your oldest is how old? He's a sophomore at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Okay. Yeah. And then your middle one is how old? She's 16, 16. at Glendora High. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. How about you, Bruce? What 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 got you to Glendora, and what got you into pastoral ministry? So I was raised in a pastor's home, swore I'd never become one, mm-hmm. but felt the calling about age of nineteen into my freshman year at UC Davis, and I came to Southern California to go to Azusa Pacific. But my lifelong dream was to design cars. So in my sophomore year at APU, basically told God no, and I was going to pursue that career. Mm. And you know how it goes when you tell God no. So <laughs> took some wrong turns in the next seven years and got to a place of real desperation and mm-hmm. told God that whatever he wanted, I would follow him in that. And really expected to immediately go to the jungles of Africa, yeah. but uh, that didn't happen. So what I was doing at that time was I was a graph designer, and yeah. I did that for almost 15 years while I was attending Cornerstone. Mm-hmm. So the transition happened, <clears throat> is that I became more and more involved in leadership in the church, was on the elder board, teaching Sunday school. And my predecessor asked me to consider leaving my career. So simultaneously, they offered me the ownership of the company and the church offered me a position as associate pastor. So last summer was 25 years ago that I I said no to the ownership and said yes to becoming a pastor. Was it a car design company? It was graphic design. design. So yeah, the company I'd been running for I'd been with them for 14 years. I've been running it for like seven. Yeah. So Married. And how long have you guys been married? So Monica and I have been married 32 years. We have two grown children, a mm-hmm. son and a daughter. Mm-hmm. And they and their spouses live in Texas. Mm-hmm. And I uh, didn't get to share with you, but both my daughter-in-law and daughter are both pregnant. That's They're awesome. two wow. weeks apart with, uh, <laughs> wow. with, with boys. So yeah, That's awesome. we're going to have three grandkids here pretty soon. Yeah. Wow, because your son already has, and they're going to be born yep. close close to each other. The, the yeah, parents. yeah. The uh, our first grandchild is a little girl, and she's going to turn two in April. And yeah, she's an absolute blast. Congratulations! She'll get to rule the roost. She huh? is yeah. the queen bee for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, guys, let's talk about ministry in Glendora. Um, I guess for, start off like what, what do you what do you what do you love about being in Glendora? What's what's kind of your your favorite part and just in general, like like what, what what do you like about this community? Dave, we'll go back to you first. For Nancy and I, you know, we've been able to raise our kids here. So there's, there's deep roots, mm-hmm. lots of really precious families that we've fallen in love with. Yeah. It's, it's pretty exciting to be able to go, you know, to the grocery store in mm-hmm. your neighborhood and, and feel a deep connection mm-hmm. to a lot of folks, yeah. a lot of really just, special people that so many of them follow the Lord yeah. and and are very committed to Christ and committed yeah. to this community. Yeah. And you have some people at your church, same for you, Bruce. I mean, you guys really have, have people that have been in these churches for mm-hmm. decades, mm-hmm. don't yes. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some even came from downtown LA, right? Yes. When, when it moved. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How about you, Bruce? What's your favorite thing about Glendora? Very similar. I feel really blessed whenever 
walking in the downtown area mm-hmm. or spending some time in the grocery store, whatever it might be, of not just running into people from Cornerstone, but people from churches, your churches, that will recognize us and say hi and, hey, aren't you the pastor of a Cornerstone? And yeah. I always feel really loved and respected and appreciated, yeah. which, which is probably not the norm in right. many cities. Yeah. You guys are so spiritual. I was going to say, like, the gumdrop trees in the village. <laughs> <laughs> or... Or no, my favorite is the is the uh, vintage lights that nobody wants to light up on our streets <laughs> that people are arguing about right now, right? Right? And the peacocks. No, just kidding. All those are wonderful things, and I agree with you. It's a it's it is. That's how I felt when I came here. I remember Bruce and I met. Um, first time we met was at mm-hmm. um, not the vault. What's the one down the street? The closest one to you? The one right in the Glendora Eatery. Eatery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We met there, and and I was like. I was like, okay, Bruce, you you tell me everything. I tried to do a data dump with you. Of just like, <laughs> teach me, teach me what you know about this city because I know nothing about it. And so, it's been really a privilege uh, to be here and kind of grow with this community and, and learn. So, uh, yeah. So, what's your favorite part of ministry? Like when you when you think about ministry, when you think about the uniquenesses, is there anything you would say, hey, this is kind of a unique thing about ministering in Glendora that that. You know, I think every context has its has its um, challenges. Every context has its blessings. Um, you know, there's places where we need to kind of contextualize and help people understand the gospel and in ways that maybe we wouldn't if we lived in a different region. But yeah, I'm just curious if there's there's things you look and say, yeah, here's here's one of I feel like the unique things uh, mm-hmm. about Glendora. What do you think? Well, I think the fact that we are invited to be present in the town square, the mm-hmm. marketplace, yeah. the fact that every May we're invited to have a National Day of Prayer right on the lawn in front of City Hall. Yeah. And in fact, this next month I'm praying at City Council meeting before yeah. it starts. Yeah. And so pastors are invited to give a spiritual input mm-hmm. into the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing I would say and I can look back, having been on staff for 25 years, it hasn't always been that way. In the past, there tended to be a territorialism mm. that I think is very characteristic of a lot of communities. Churches are afraid of the pastor stealing someone's sheep and yeah. upset that someone left. And I would say that really doesn't exist. There, There is a friendship, I think, about the three of us. But we're a part of a larger community and we have a tremendous respect for each other and it's always an encouragement if somebody shows up you know at our church and like oh yeah i used to go such and such and to say well they're a dear friend of mine exactly you're really going to miss them you know probably want to be careful about your next word yeah exactly they're they're a better preacher than i am so (laughs) yeah so those are things that really stand out to me about what I feel like is unique yeah. to Glendora. Yeah, it, it is. It has been. I mean, because I'm Dave. Dave, I'm sure he's saying. You know, they're 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 reaching out to us and saying, please come. You know, for you, for me, for Dave, for mm-hmm. for a lot of the pastors, come and and uh, uh, you know, pray at city council meetings. Yeah. Just things like yeah. that. It really is a. It really mm-hmm. is a, a unique blessing uh, to be a part of that. Yeah. And yeah. if I could add yeah. one accompanying thing is that. Every single month, there are multiple groups of pastors that are gathering together. So first Thursday of the month, there's a group of six, seven guys that gather at our church to pray starting out the month. And, And there's like... I think there's about 17 different leaders from different churches yeah. that are gathering on their own to pray for us yeah. Yeah. that yeah. God would bless us. So and we just 
right before we came into this room, yes. we met mm-hmm. with 10 mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. Uh, pastors. And, and that's been one of those things that I've, I've really, really enjoyed about mm-hmm. being here in this community is because from almost day one, I and mean, we all know Don Schaff and, mm-hmm. and Don invited me to be a part of a, a group that, of pastors and just right off the bat, like, mm-hmm. hey, we're, we're in this together. We're, mm-hmm. not, we're, not, uh, we're not in competition with one another. Mm-hmm. And it's been a real blessing. I remember, I will say this. I remember <laughs> that rest, when we were at the restaurant, and I'm like, I was kind of, I think I was even asking you questions like this. And, and, and Bruce was like, are, are you guys, you said something like, um, are you on the rotation yet? Or something like that. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh yeah, yeah, no, there's, there's like literally a rotation around town of these Christians that go from, you know, <laughs> they're, they're at Cornerstone for a while, then they're at Grace and then they're at Church of the Open Door. And I've said, I'm, at that point, I'm like, I don't think anybody even knows we exist. So we're, we're not on the rotation yet. And then as we as we grew over the years, and we became part of the rotation too. So now <laughs> we're part of that ignominious club uh-huh. of uh, of those places that 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 uh, di- different area Christians rotate around. But that is that is a uniqueness as well. So yeah. how about you, Dave? What's what's unique? Well, I, I just want to piggyback on what you guys are saying, especially being new as a lead pastor. It's been such a gift to be with you all. Mm. I I feel. I'm sure pastors, wherever they're at, but I feel like as a lead pastor, you kind of convince yourself uh, that your church is the only church with the problems. Mm -hmm. And the reason your church has those problems is because you're Mm -hmm. a horrible pastor. (laughs) Like you're screwing this up big time. And it, it it was so, as we came out of COVID and going through COVID, I felt like it was such a huge lifeline to be with you guys, Mm -hmm. for you guys to be vulnerable and open and Mm -hmm. talk through that crazy time. And I would always drive away thinking, I feel uh, so much less lonely Mm -hmm. in this role and in this battle and in in the challenges, you know, the crazy challenges you face in this role. Mm For me, deep insecurities of like, God, there's got to be someone better mm. <laughs> than, than me to do this. Mm. And just the encouragement and the prayer. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a joy uh, to pastor in this community. But let me let me without creating any like PTSD here. Let's go back <laughs> to COVID. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Dave, you just mentioned it, We're so I'll blame you. That's right. Bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would be curious. Like, what what did you guys learn? During because I, I feel like COVID uh, revealed some things mm-hmm. about our congregations, mm-hmm. revealed some things about the local community. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, good, bad, in between. Was there anything that was like, oh man, I, this was this was a big learning mm-hmm. uh, place for for me during COVID. What what did you learn about pastoring? What did you learn about your people, about the community, anything like yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. What would you say, Dave? I feel like, and I'm sure you guys feel this a little bit, I feel like we kind of, um, as a church and as a leadership team, we kind of pissed off both sides. (laughs) So we frustrated those Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. were left, and we frustrated those who were right. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of being kind of wired really relationally, This it was a very challenging time because we lost families that were very rooted in our church either to the left or to the right and uh it it was painful and i feel like we're still recovering from that god's walking us through that yeah um but that you know that was i think that was a challenging time for Mm -hmm. 
for all of us walking through that and um people you know and we probably all did but people kind of went sideways during Mm -hmm. that time and and we may have lost a little um perspective um it was easy during that season i think for the gospel to be marginalized a little bit and for us to put our faith in in structures and systems Mm -hmm. that maybe we weren't intended to as 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 believers but yeah, that was that was an interesting time. Yeah. 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 How about you, Bruce? <coughs> well, when you asked what are some things learned, I don't think the podcast is long enough for me to share <laughs> the, the long list. All right, the top one. <laughs> well, I'll start with this. Yeah. I I would joke how I wished I hadn't taken seven semesters of Greek and had taken pandemic for beginners <laughs> yeah, right, when right. I was in seminary. Yeah, exactly. But I I would say if I were to pick the top three things in many ways it was an answer to prayer for me i had been praying for years that god would move in our church Mm -hmm. that there would be a passion for the gospel and for Mm -hmm. the things of christ Mm -hmm. and i think god used that as a catalyst for those that were not interested in being centered on the gospel Mm -hmm. and and that was something that the elder board and i were determined that we were going to be gospel centered we weren't going to get into the minutiae of all the dialogues and discussions Mm -hmm. And what transpired was, is it really helped to galvanize that that really was most important in our church. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you say, this is what we really value. And you, you contrive that there is evidence of that. But I feel like the pandemic gave us a platform to really see if that was what was most important at mm-hmm. Cornerstone. And the second thing that I feel like came out of that was those that chose to stay gave evidence that that's where they were at. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't in judgment or condemnation for anyone that chose not to, but it really helped us to solidify the course that God had set for us. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really grateful because not too long after the pandemic, we have watched momentum happening and it continues to take place. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been thrilling to see. And I think the last thing for me personally is that Sometimes you wonder what your own motivation is. And as pastors, we get all kinds of compliments and accolades and there's perks and things. And when it all went away and we're talking to a camera, there's nobody there (laughs) sitting, smiling or clapping or whatever else, it really boiled down to, am I really doing this for Christ Mm -hmm. or for some other Mm -hmm. motivation? And Mm -hmm. I felt like the first Sunday where everybody went home and I'm just talking to a camera, that that's what the spirit was challenging is mm-hmm. well here's a chance for you to know what's down in your heart mm-hmm. and if you can preach the same passion as you can when the room is full mm-hmm. then you can have a confidence this really is for me mm-hmm. and i feel mm-hmm. like that has carried even as people have come back and momentum is gaining yeah yeah so i hear you saying that even when it comes to your congregation what you discovered was kind of who, who really is on the same page when it comes mm-hmm. to gospel that that mm-hmm. you guys were and you really mm-hmm. found out who that group was yeah 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 i think i was i was um i think one of the surprising things for me is we all sit out here in glendora and it feels pretty insulated and <laughs> you know even you said we get invited to city council meetings so i kind of had this perception mm-hmm. that it was shattered a bit, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Shattered in terms of seeing uh, 
the community at large, I'm not even really talking about Foothill at this point, mm-hmm. but the community at large mm-hmm. uh, was, there There was such deep divisions. And yeah. I think it was, I think probably what, um, I, I think most pastors, and you guys can say, nope, that's not me, but I, I think most pastors would say, one of the one of the hard parts was was this realization of how much, uh, frankly, politics right. played in people's faith. Right, mm-hmm. that they they mm-hmm. it really became that that became such a such a uh, obvious part of where you where you saw people's really kind of the you're mm-hmm. talking about like their true colors. Are they really mm-hmm. here for the gospel? Are they here for other things? Mm-hmm. And to see that 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 how much people were shaped and discipled by uh, the 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 politics of our culture. Right. And uh, that was a that was a that, that that I think we all felt it. There was like very kind of disorienting for a while where you sort of kept trying to get your bearings and go, okay, and like you said, Bruce, I mean just gosh at the end of the day you know, yes, there's these cultural issues swirling around us, but but the gospel is really, is really the the main thing mm-hmm. that we have to make sure that we're coming back to, and really our, our only mm-hmm. our only hope for sort of staying mm-hmm. stable and balanced and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, so that that was really a that was really a, a major uh, part. If you look back and go, okay, hey, coming out of COVID or even like what um what what what's been a challenge for you? You can go way prior to. COVID, even just like, hey, in Glendora, being mm-hmm. in this community, what's what's been one of the, the challenges of ministry, do you think? Being a pastor or, or trying to, 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 to grow a church or, you know, have a healthy church in our city, what's what's one of the challenges you guys feel like we face? Yeah. Well, let's go with you, Bruce. I would say it's better than it was 25 years ago, <laughs> but I still think there is a certain presence within the culture of Glendora that is very concerned with outward appearance. Mm-hmm. And I used to use the metaphor of the houses are beautiful, the lawns are all manicured, and on the outside, everything looks great, yeah. but on the inside, it's falling apart. Yeah. And I would say for me personally, <clears throat> where one of my my great passions and gifts is being a shepherd, I truly feel so honored to, to shepherd God's flock and care for the people that he Christ himself gave his life for. Mm. But it's hard sometimes when I will stand up on a Sunday morning and know the great majority of people that sit in my auditorium at Cornerstone and know the things that are going in their life and have, we have prayer at the end of every service. So Mm. in the closing Mm -hmm. songs, we have a prayer team. And many times I go down there and anticipating that they're going to feel confident enough to say, this is a safe place. This is the safest place on earth for me to be, to come forward and express my needs and and to, if need be, confess or to call upon God for mm-hmm. his deliverance in situations. And there's a, there's still an apprehension by many. They're yeah. just unwilling. In, in private, they'll share whatever. But, mm-hmm. but in that community, there's still an apprehension, I think, mm-hmm. sometimes. And I'm seeing that improve. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was an example of it. But... But that's something that I long for God to do, to mm-hmm. take away the anxiety or the apprehension that many people feel mm-hmm. of how will I be perceived? Am I going to be accepted? Am I going to be judged? Yeah. And be able to come with open hearts. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, we're going through the Gospel of Luke, and mm. I just finished a kind of a just a two-week mini-series on the prodigal son. Mm. And it's interesting 
as you guys know, all the focus typically is on the younger son, but the main character of that story is the older mm-hmm. brother. Mm-hmm. The older brother that doesn't get excited about the fact that his his younger brother was lost and found. He was yeah. dead and alive. Yeah. And sometimes, and I think this is true of any Christian culture, but sometimes I feel like our churches are permeated by the older oh, brother. Yeah. And we have a difficult time uh, with vision for the outcasts of society, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. Uh, younger brothers and sisters of the San Gabriel Valley that mm-hmm. that need the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm fascinated by Foothill's passion to plant churches. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you were just sharing earlier about this new church plant at Colony High School mm-hmm. um, in Ontario. Yeah. And how odd that must have been for your church family to send some of your very best because it's about the mission. It's about making disciples. Well, I'm still bitter. I'm still bitter and angry. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> but how, how rare. I'm sure there's a chunk of people yeah. in your church family that think, Chris, we're we're messing up our happy family (laughs) and it's and and i see that tension in my own heart and i see that tension (laughs) with christians here in in glendora like the goal is to have one big comfortable happy family and there's Mm -hmm. that's that's not found anywhere in Christ's call yeah so yeah yeah i think um I think I think I think the challenges of ministry here. I think Bruce, you you were touching on this. I felt the same. Is there's there there can be a veneer. Mm. I think we live in a. We we live. You know, if somebody, if you, you guys probably felt this. If you took somebody from anywhere else in the U.S. and you blindfolded them and dropped them in the middle of Glendora and said, where are you? They would never say California yeah, or Southern California. Yeah, they certainly wouldn't say Southern California. Right. It's like Mayberry. Right there's there's kind of this and and so it, that that is sort of the image we project. It is a uh, it can have a very sort of morality. You know, it's it's got the the moralistic part of it. it it's got uh, mm-hmm. you know there's a good let's say religious base mm-hmm. right. And um, and I think for that reason, it's it can it can it presents its own unique challenges. You know, mm-hmm. we're not down on Venice Beach or some right. hardcore part of the city that mm-hmm. we'd all go, hey, it's, it's pretty obvious where the Christians are and where they aren't. Mm-hmm. We're out here a place where you mm-hmm. know, if it's just looking by appearances, mm-hmm. aren't we all? You know, mm-hmm. and so I feel like we have some of the same challenges, as maybe you know, places in the South where mm-hmm. there's just kind of this feeling that well, we're all good moral people, sure. and, and that's mm-hmm. that's what we are, and. And for them to hear their, you know, an understanding of the gospel that calls us sinners and, and things yeah. like that is is kind of a kind of foreign and maybe even a little offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think some of that, Bruce, I think way back in the day, we even talked about some of the Mormon influence. Mm-hmm. And I kind of put that as as part of the issue as well. Right. There's mm-hmm. this very there's this moral mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. majority, for lack of a better term, that sort of feels that way. Mm-hmm. And yet, during during I think um, COVID, I felt like you started seeing some cracks in that. And I'm not saying because they stopped being moral. I think it was just mm-hmm. you you really mm-hmm. started seeing some where the real divisions were. Yeah. And um, and uh, and so that was uh, in some ways a, a help to ministry to start to see yeah. you know where where true colors were in mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I'll tell you what. 
uh, in the time, <laughs> let's let's sort of bring it up here, uh, just because we've we've got a few minutes left, and um, uh, I'd be just curious in you guys sharing kind of what what's your what's your hope, what's your hope for your churches and the hope for our our community, um, you know, the city uh, in, in our area, and uh, yeah, yeah, what, what what are you hoping for, Dave? Yeah, it's interesting. We're all facing it, you know, kind of a mass exodus out of Southern California. Yeah. And uh, a lot of folks kind of thinking God might be done with Southern California. We need to find another location. We need to find an environment where there's more Christians or there's more like-minded people. But I'm absolutely convinced that God's not finished with this place. And that, you know, you think about this revival that's happening. Yeah. um, Yeah. And, and, our elders, we've been talking about this, and, and and we're thinking, well, why can't, why wouldn't he do it here? Right. And and I feel like suffering's gonna continue to increase, mm. but I think with that suffering, we're gonna see a powerful movement of yeah. God's people. Amen. As as we get down to the the mm-hmm. bare essentials of what this is all about. Amen. And I think we're going to see revival here in Southern California, and we're going to see it among the nations. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest things about this place is it's it's full of the nations. Yep. It's mm-hmm. the United Nations yeah. all around us. Yeah. In mm-hmm. my neighborhood in Azusa, mm-hmm. every house is is a different ethnicity, and mm-hmm. it's I think we're going to see the the body of Christ manifest here in the, in Southern California in a way that we're going to see in heaven, mm, and yeah. it's exciting to be a part of it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's awesome. Great. Yeah, how about you, Bruce? I would add to that in a very similar way. I see God working in a lot of different places, but especially among the young people. Mm. I was sharing with one of the pastors earlier that this may will be seven years ago that we started a young adult post-college ministry mm-hmm. and we continue to retain about 50 regular attenders on monday night that show up wow. and study the word mm-hmm. and the leadership team la- uh, last week said we need to have a fast and so on the first sunday of march at sundown we're going to start a fast for 24 hours and we'll finish it on monday night with worship and prayer and we have 40 college kids that are crowding into one house on Wednesday nights for Bible study and prayer. Mm. And I continue to see that they, they're disillusioned with the culture, with leadership, with those that have made promises and not kept them. And very much like what we've been hearing and watching in Asbury, I hear the same type of responses that they're longing to know God. They're longing to see something real and eternal. And I feel like as leaders, if we will be faithful in providing that, providing truth and living in a place of humility mm-hmm. and dependency upon the Spirit, that we are going to see a revival. I'm convinced of it. Yes. And I would add one other thing that really ties into that, and I, I'm curious if you're seeing the same thing, but I would say one of the great positives of the pan- pandemic is that over the course of the last nine to 10 months, what we're witnessing are individuals who either 10, 12, 15 years ago walked away from the church or never had any church background whatsoever in the same way are also feeling disillusioned. Mm -hmm. And they're showing up at our doors and they're Mm -hmm. saying, hey, 
I don't know what's happening here, but I'm sensing something mm-hmm. and I, I feel like it's different and I, I wanna be a part of it. Yeah. And what they're really trying to articulate is that they're sensing the presence and the spirit of God. Yeah. And it's yeah. different than all of their other pursuits mm-hmm. and they're hungry, they're yeah. really hungry for truth and for the Lord. And, and it's exciting because yeah. as opposed to in previous years, and I think that's probably been true for all of our churches at times, is that much of our numerical growth has been transfer growth. Mm -hmm. Something terrible happens in another church and they lose their pastor and people migrate to the church down the street Mm -hmm. in Glendora. But what's so invigorating is that in our current growth, it is people that are coming and saying, we've not been a part of the community of God. And we're, we're hoping that the church mm-hmm. is a place where we're going to find and experience that. Amen. Praise amen. God. Gosh, I, I mean, I just say amen to what both of you said. I, I, I've seen some of the same things and, you know, just the, the presence of the Lord and, and really longing, wrong to see a revival in our area mm-hmm. and, um, and hopeful, hopeful mm-hmm. that that's going to, you know, and, and most of the great revivals that have happened have, have started among young people, mm-hmm. colleges and things like mm-hmm. that. So it's really, it's really encouraging to, uh, to see that. All right, let's really lighten it up here. Um, so you're a Glendora tour guide. Somebody calls you and says, what's the best place to eat? What's your, what's your local spot? Hmm. Either just go, jump in. You know, it's, there's two places right across from here, actually. <laughs> I'm so frugal, so I'm always looking for the deal. So there's there's a Chinese restaurant yeah. called Red Lantern, Red Lantern. Yeah. that has an amazing lunch special. Oh, I'd recommend okay. the, okay. the orange chicken and then Taco Grill right across oh, yeah, right the, parking the parking lot. lot. Yep. They have Taco some Tuesdays. of the yeah. They have some fabulous tacos yep. over there. Yep. there yeah. you go. There I was go. afraid you're going to say Taco Bell. I'm, I'm really glad you're stepping up your game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I won't go with a restaurant. My favorite place to go on a date with Monica is to the ice cream shop on Glendora Avenue. Oh, yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah. Just some, walk up from the church. Great suites, yep. And be right there. Yeah. Good ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, I'd have to say <clears throat> I pr- the place I eat at the most uh, in, in Glendora would, would, would probably be Kara's Corner. Yes. The place I want to eat at the most is Luca Bella. <laughs> and, uh, and they have a great steak salad there. And uh, I, I love that place, so... Um, yeah, well, guys, this has been fun. Been fun to, to hang out with you and uh, just, to, just to hear your thoughts and your perspective. I appreciate you joining us today. And I'm sure the, the, the listeners will just find it, find it helpful to hear, especially from a voice that's not mine. So thanks for, thanks for joining us today. Thanks We're having really glad to have You guys are so spiritual. I was going to say like the gumdrop trees in the village.